I mean, I've always loved urban legends because they exist in some sort of reality of the mind of the person that created it. So 12-year-olds are getting on Reddit and then getting on Creepypasta and reading this stuff. Exactly. In this episode of The Brothers Grimm, Joey discusses the creepy urban legend known as Slenderman. Folklore these days is a bit different than the beast it used to be. Myths and legends spread like wildfire thanks to the internet, and most of them have been debunked, right? But one thing remains. Urban legends have a way of creeping into our minds and turning our greatest fears into downright terrifying realities. I really am fascinated by urban legends because they, for the most part, we know that a lot of urban legends probably aren't real, right? But sometimes they things happen and situations occur where it almost feels like either they could be real or or maybe there's some semblance of reality to them. And I think I think Slenderman as as an urban legend is one of those cases that it's probably not real. But then again, who knows, right? Right. So what do y'all think? Let's before I dive into the actual story, I just kind of want to get your take on on Slenderman as a, as a legend. I mean, I've always loved urban legends because they exist in some sort of reality of the mind of the person that created it or that, you know, came up with it. It, it exists in, it's based in some reality that's inspired it or that's, you know, made it come quote unquote to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but they creep me out, honestly. All yeah. urban legends do. They creep me out too. I think one of the ones that, uh, besides Slenderman, I think another one is the uh, the Momo Challenge. I don't know if y'all heard of that one. There's one where if you there, this is like creepy Japanese mask that I don't even know a lot a lot about it, but just just the visual of this mask alone terrifies me. I don't even know what the what the whole challenge is. There's other ones like Blue Whale, which is a uh, it's this it's this terrible suicide challenge. And what what we really learn from them, especially in the age of the Internet, is that they really affect teenagers the most and probably because they're very impressionable. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it it really almost makes the the fear of these urban legends even even scarier because of how it affects the minds of, of young people. Well, yeah. I mean, I can remember being younger and, you know, being dared to, to say bloody Mary in the mirror three times. And, you know, then she would appear. I could never do it. Um, not that I thought that she was actually <laughs> going to appear, but you, ne- but you don't know. You don't never know. know. Yeah. What if she did? Yep. That's, that's the problem. What if, what if it did appear? Right. And that's kind of the fun that's the fun side of the urban legends, but that's also the really scary side. So I, that kind of leads me into the story of Slenderman and why I think this extremely creepy, extremely bizarre urban legend is has been so impactful for at least this generation of, uh, of young people. On June 10th, 2009, two photos surface online. Black and white photos of unnamed children claimed to depict the eyewitness account 
of a terrifying entity. In one photo, a group of kids with dark and evil looks in their eyes are approaching the unknown photographer. The caption for this photo reads, We didn't want to go. We didn't want to kill them. But its persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. 1983, photographer unknown, presumed dead. The second photo showed a group of children playing on a playground with a library seal in the top right left-hand corner. And its caption read, One of two recovered photographs from the Sterling City Library Blaze. Notable for being taken the day which 14 children vanished and for what is referred to as the Slender Man. Deformity cited as film defects by officials. Fire at library occurred one week later. Actual photograph confiscated as evidence. 1986, photographer Mary Thomas, missing since June 13, 1986. What's most disturbing in these photos is the unnaturally tall, thin man dressed in a black suit behind each group of children. His blank, white, faceless stare sends chills. In the second photo, he's shown to have a group of kids encircled around him, looking at him adoringly, with black tendrils reaching out to each child. Since these photos appeared, numerous eyewitness accounts, videos, photos, stories have all been told of close encounters with the Slender Man. And all of it is fake. Every single one of them? All of them. And here's why. Because today we know that the urban legend of Slenderman was created by Eric Knudsen and was the result of a Create Paranormal Images Photoshop contest on the Something Awful forums. So Something Awful is, is a website. It's full of forums and discussions. Mm-hmm. And I don't know much about it. I don't get on that kind of thing. Uh, but there was a forum where the, the hosts of Something Awful challenged their readers to do to create paranormal images out of out of random in, in, photos they found online. And this guy named Eric Knudsen created the Slender Man. Hmm. There's there's no there is no well maybe he didn't maybe it's maybe he experienced it. No, no, that he straight up was like, "Yeah, I made it up." Hmm. And so these are replications or people trying to replicate what he created originally, right? Yeah, so since those photos surfaced other internet chat forums and other internet discussion forums found them, took hold of them, and they started to take kind of their own life. Hmm. Uh, Eric Nudson also created a follow-up video of a doctor missing in the woods, and and then all of a sudden it just kind of exploded. Mm-hmm. And but you know, for between 2009 to you know 2018, there's just been countless other stories and faked photos and faked videos and mini series and and feature films all about this one entity that is literally a work of fiction. Hmm. I wonder what the, uh, what the kind of like draw for this type of content is like, why do people want to keep creating this one fake, like fictional character? That's a good question. And I've been thinking about that this whole time that I've been researching this story. Well, for me, knowing it was all made up doesn't really change the creepiness of the Slender Man and all of its fan fiction. Going back, looking at the original images, watching all the videos, the faked encounters, and, and it still sends a chill down my spine. I, I found this series on YouTube called uh, Marble Hornets, and I'm almost done with it. It's 80-something videos long. <laughs> Most of them are, are less than 10 minutes, so it's, but some of them are like 15, 20 minutes long, and I'm like, it's it's long series. But it's captivating, and it's, it's terribly acted. <laughs> <laughs> well. But it's all about Slenderman and and uh, 
and the mythology around this 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 creature. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, I wonder where he got the inspiration for Slender Man because I mean you you don't create that out of nothing. Um, you know, it, it's something that um, mysterious, I guess. Yeah, I tried to look up like where his inspiration came from, but I only found a Wikipedia article about it, so I didn't really think that was very valid. It wasn't it wasn't straight from Mr. Nutson himself. So uh I, I don't know. I think I think you could probably pull a lot of different other urban legends out from maybe where he was inspired from from yeah. it. I think also the thing about the Slender Man story, especially today and in 2021 is maybe the darker side of, of Slender Man, not all the, the folklore and the stories and the videos, but the impact of Slender Man that it's had on people. Right. Because I think the impact of Slender Man is in reality, a fatal one. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like there's been a lot of impact on people just by the amount of people who have recreated this fictional character. Right. So I'm going to tell you a little story about Peyton, Morgan, and Anissa. Peyton Lutner and Morgan Geyser were the best of friends. They'd have sleepovers together, play outside, draw, you know, normal things that preteen girls would do. Peyton considered Morgan her best friend and thought she was somebody she could trust. According to Peyton, Morgan's imagination always kept things fun, quote-unquote. But when Morgan met Anissa, Peyton noticed a change in Morgan because... Between 5th and 6th grade, around the time Morgan became friends with her, Morgan also started talking to Peyton about Slenderman. Peyton thought it was odd and it frightened her a bit. As Morgan's fixation with Slenderman grew, it appeared to Peyton that Morgan's friendship with Anissa grew. Eventually, the stories the girls told about Slenderman became too frightening for Peyton. That's when things started to go downhill. In May of 2014, to celebrate Morgan's 12th birthday, the trio skated together at a local roller rink and ate frozen yogurt before a slumber party at Morgan's house. Looking back, Peyton thought she recognized a glimpse of something feeling off that night, but she really couldn't tell what it, what it was at the time. While Morgan usually likes to stay up late during sleepovers, on this particular night, she wanted to go straight to bed when they got home. Odd. I mean, why would a 12-year-old girl not want to stay up with her friends late at a sleepover to celebrate her birthday? Regardless, in the morning, the girls woke up and Morgan suggested they go to the park. Now, when the girls woke up, Peyton woke up late. Anissa and Morgan were already awake and they were on the computer. I don't know if that really matters, but I wanted to make note of it. While they were walking, Anissa suggested they play hide-and-seek in the nearby woods. As they prepared to play, Anissa told Peyton to lie on the ground and cover herself with sticks and leaves and stuff to hide it. While Anissa attempted to pin Peyton down to the ground... Morgan pulled a kitchen knife she'd brought from home and began repeatedly and brutally stabbing Peyton 19 times. Jeez. Assuming she was dead, the two girls left Peyton in the woods. These are 12-year-old girls. Yeah, and they were having a great night, like the night before, roller skating. Yeah. But Peyton survived. She pulled herself up and got herself into the open where she could be found by a cyclist. Morgan and Anissa were arrested on charges of attempted first-degree intentional homicide. But why? Why would Morgan and Anissa want to do this? According to investigators, the girls planned to tape Peyton's mouth shut and stab her in the neck while she was sleeping. But the plan changed to doing it in a park bathroom, 
choosing the location for the fact that the bathroom had drains for Peyton's blood. These, the, how do these girls, how are they conscious enough and aware of like what's going on to plan like this? Disturbing. It's so disturbing. Yeah, the level of premeditation that goes into that is it's very disturbing. Yeah. For a 12-year-old, too. So this report comes from the investigators who, uh, I guess the girls left Peyton in the woods and they were on the side of the highway when they were picked up and after everything came out, after Peyton was found and stuff, that's when they were arrested and charged. The investigative report revealed that the girls were motivated by their obsession with the Slender Man mythology, particularly in the idea of becoming a proxy of Slender by physically killing someone. Now, according to the myth, a proxy of Slender is a human that has lost their mind to Slender Man and now follows him blindly through fear or devotion. According to Morgan, she feared that Slender Man would murder her parents if she did not become his proxy. What's interesting about this is where did Morgan get the ideas for this? Where, where did she hear from Slender Man? Right? That's kind of what I've been thinking this whole time is with other internet hoaxes, with other internet urban legends, you get things like an email or a text message or, or something like that. But that's not the case for the Slender Man mythology. Usually he appears to you or this invisible force comes upon you and you see glimpses of him or maybe through a photo or through video cameras, you actually glimpse him and that's when he begins speaking to you. So that's, oh, that's all part of this storyline of who the Slender Man is. It's not like an older sibling didn't show them, show them, hey, this is, look at who, look at this. Do you think it's real? This is actually out of the blue. Hey, brought on like exactly. Like, this is weird. As as the Slender Man mythology grew, the the stories about him, about what he does, about how you interact with them, they continue to grow with this creature, with this entity, with this fictional being. Well, and really, that's all it takes because, you know, if 12-year-old's an impressionable mind. Um, and if you're dealing with any sort of mental instability whatsoever, uh, you can begin to manifest Slender Man in your head, especially if you read about, you know, how he interacts or when he shows up or any number of things, you begin to say, oh, you know what, I bet you, I bet you Slender was asking me to do that. And it's easy to just get drawn in and allow yourself to just be overwhelmed by this idea to the point where it manifests in your mind as something real. But what you're saying in this situation is they had no influence of Slender Man beforehand. And and it was just an, an ideology or something that happened to convince them that this is a real thing, real person. Yeah, so they read the story on Creepypasta. Uh, okay. Creepypasta is another forum-based site. Uh, I believe it's on Reddit that has, and I think it ha now it has its own website full of, of fictional stories uh, that are written to sound true. So they're, they're written in a way that's meant to make the reader believe that this actually happened. Most of them are, are fictional. Uh, so 12-year-olds so are getting on Reddit and then getting on Creepypasta mm -hmm. and reading this stuff. Exactly. And for impressionable minds, 
you know, that's already enough to to make them begin thinking. And then you have her friend Anissa who is basically feeding that same thought process. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is real. This is real. This is real. It takes it a step further though. Finally, in 2017, after three years of court negotiations, Anissa Weir, 15 years old at this point, was committed to 25 years in the Winnebago Mental Health Institute, where she'll spend at least three more years in the state mental institute before seeking release on community supervision. And her supervision will last until she's 37. And as for Morgan, after being diagnosed with schizophrenia in the court process, She was committed to 40 years of mental health treatment and monitoring where she is housed solely with adults who have committed crimes. So during court negotiations, no matter how hard they tried to push this into juvenile court, Anissa and Morgan were charged as adults for the crime against uh, against Peyton. And I'm guessing it has to be because of the level of maturity or a level of understanding it took to for them to base their story off of this that they were already at a mental state that that they could be tried as an adult. Well they they were tried as adults because of what they were charged with. First degree intentional homicide. Uh and the premeditation involved in what they admitted to. So they pleaded at first they pleaded not guilty and then Morgan came back and pleaded guilty. Hmm. Uh however she was she was found not guilty to mental disease. Uh, and then, of course, uh, but they, but she was placed under a state mental institution. Do we really believe that they're actually, like I know she was diagnosed with schizophrenia, but do we fully believe that that's the reason why? Or is this just a way that they don't have to go to prison? Well, so I don't, I don't really know if uh, if the the schizophrenia is really and her not going to prison is the point of the story of this part of the story. I think what the point is is schizophrenia definitely definitely doesn't doesn't help her situation. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean you 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 take a, an impressionable mind, you give them a story written to be real, mm-hmm. and then you you have a person who hears voices in her head. Mm-hmm. Well, of course she's going to associate those voices to be Slenderman because she's already believing that this creature exists. Yeah, I guess being that age and being that impressionable Exactly. And that's, and that's so, so much more disturbing than the urban legend itself. But I wish it ended there with this one story. But in addition to the attack on Peyton, there have been numerous other crimes connected to Slenderman, mostly involving young teens. After the Wisconsin stabbing, a 13-year-old Ohio girl, who was also believed to be obsessed with Slenderman, attacked her mom with a knife. And that same year, a 14-year-old girl from Florida reportedly set her house on fire after reading about Slenderman. I feel like there's got to be some responsibility for um, whoever is continuing to write these stories. Maybe not the original creator, but people who are on Reddit and on these other sites. Well, you could make the same know. argument for any horror story. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be any Horror film. Mm-hmm short stories, gothic stories. I mean, you can make that argument about any type of of violent media, right? You can even make that, that case for violent video games. Yeah. I mean, we can even go as far as to say in like true crime stories. Yeah, like, true crime podcasts yeah. could inspire people to murder in the same way. 
But th- but I guess it goes back to your question earlier, Brian, which I've always I've been thinking about through this process. Is like, why are we so fascinated with the story of Slenderman? Like, right. why is why is that intriguing to us? That dark horror story, and then follow it up. Why do we? Why are we so intrigued by the true crime side of it? The, the story of these girls who attempted murder. I mean, you're always fascinated by what you don't understand. If you look at Slender Man through the lens of reality, there are people that exist in the world that look like Slender Man. Humans that have longer arms and legs. They're deformed. So it's not outside of the realm of possibility that there could be someone that bears an extremely striking resemblance from a distance to the Slender Man. But at the same time, it's the... To me, it's the mystery of, there's no real confirmed sightings. It's like Bigfoot, you know. Does Bigfoot exist? Probably. Would I love to see Bigfoot? Absolutely. But there's that ounce of doubt that maybe he doesn't exist. You know, maybe these urban, you know, and and I think that's the draw of urban legends is it's, it's the unknown, it's the gray area. It's the not knowing whether it's real or not. And I think that that separates it from true crime because true crime is real. It happens. You know, if you look at the, the, the case, in, in our case, in this podcast uh, of Peyton being stabbed, you know, that that does tread into the true crime, but it was sparked by something not even paranormal, but... Fictional. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. But, I mean, there are... Photo, uh, Photoshop pictures of this person. So it was created somewhere. Obviously, either somebody um, thought he saw it, or maybe he just has a big imagination, and then people just kind of ran with it. Yeah, it's it's really really bizarre. I mean, to think this all of this came from a guy who wanted to win a contest. Yeah, and that that spurred on. I mean, this this. This uh, this legend, this bit of fiction has, you know, 2018, a movie about it came out called Slenderman. I mean, it's still permeating mm. our culture. Now, a lot of people believe it was it was distasteful given the crime that ensued after out of this case, but but still, I mean, the fact remains, people are still fascinated with it. And and when you start looking at, you know, when you start researching Slenderman, it's still very easy to come across forums of people who now want to become proxies of Slenderman, which just shows you that, that people are pretty messed up. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty twisted. There's a lot of people that have, and I almost say everybody has a dark side to them. No, that's true. And actually, uh, uh, Nissa came out and said, the dark, the dark side of me wanted her to die, but the good side of me wanted her to live. Well, she lived, right? She did live. So guess the good side won i guess but now anissa never actually stabbed her either she okay. just wasn't she was accomplice. There. yeah huh and she still got 25 years yeah i mean she she admitted to believing in a, a fictional character and helping yep. somebody stab her friend yeah, but she was also 12 years old uh, i don't know when you told us that you were doing this i did a little bit of research on Slitterman. um and I found this line in an article 
the said the thing that sets Slenderman apart from other urban legends um, is that graphic violence and body horror are uncommon in the Slenderman mythos. With many narratives choosing to leave the fate of the victims obscure. Hmm. He's not visibly seen the artwork and whatever harming, but he leaves that up to the imagination, which I think builds on the narrative because when you think about like not knowing what's going to happen, I think that just builds it up in your mind to this fever pitch. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. And, and even the original photos that were created, one was created that insinuated the idea that Slender Man controls humans to do his bidding. And he does it through them becoming proxies, which that proxy uh, idea came from other people who just applied their own mythology to that one idea. Mm-hmm. And then the other photo showed an, an obsession around this person with these tentacles that reached out to each child, almost as if he was drawing them into him, right? Mm-hmm. And and what I think at the end of the day, people, light or dark, are looking for some type of acceptance. Maybe on the, on the deepest level, they're looking for some type of, of acceptance. Slender man will accept me, so I will give myself to him. Yep. Or some sort of explanation of maybe they've seen something or experienced something in the past. Maybe this was it. Or maybe it's not Slenderman's acceptance, but others' acceptance of them. Yeah. Because, you, know, you know, commonality is what draws people together. And, you know, if they're like, oh, I've had an experience and you've had an experience, so we, we should be friends. And, you know, it, it could be a, an opportunity for somebody to just try to find community yeah they're searching for answers people want answers for everything that's like you know christians want answers of like is there really a god you know or is this just a good feeling we have or you know it's Mm. just people are always searching for that type of answer Mm. and you never know it could be paranormal it could be a demon deciding to uh you know transfigure himself into the slender man it could could be be. you know i like you know i like my demon mythologies always so i was taking a nap uh couple days ago and I woke up mid nap I was having a nightmare and it was like I guess it was really a day (laughs) yeah day mare because it was during the day but um I woke up after in my dream seeing a ghost peek around the corner and I hesitated for a second freaked out and then just yelled ghost super loud next thing I know I'm awake that's weird maybe that was slender man maybe Slender Man does, when you're a proxy, does give you daymares. Yeah. That was in the research. Also, I found the steps to becoming a proxy, if any of y'all would like to try it. (laughs) We will not be posting those on the website. No, we will not. But we will post the two original photos. I have them. I found them. They're really hard to find now uh, in their, you know, they're not Mm -hmm. their original forms because they've been taken down. But I do have them. We'll post them on the post, the blog post that goes with this episode. All I know is... Slenderman is creepy. I don't like the idea of something oppressing me or making me think that I, I want to do something. And I can just add this to the list of things that I will not search for. Although I'll probably watch the movie because I'm a, I, I love movies. Uh, but it's definitely not something that I'm going to entertain 
much past this episode. I, I definitely got really uneasy the more I searched and searched and mm-hmm. searched for this episode because I started coming across actual forums of people starting to believe in this as something real and I was like I really I can't go down this rabbit hole this episode was written by Joey Thompson with discussion from Jeremy Thompson and Brian McIntyre and was recorded at Starscream Studio Grayson over at Starscream is an incredible producer and engineer so be sure to visit starscreamstudio.com for all your tracking and recording needs additional audio support by Will Compton and original music composed by Nick McClure Be sure to subscribe, and when you do, drop a line in the comments and say hi. We want to hear your grim stories, too. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.